Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Trash Bin Kids Podcast. We're your hosts, Damien Rivera and Jackie, a.k.a. Lil Spooky Feet. <laughs> Join us every week as we pour over the media that warped our minds and molded us into upstanding mutant citizens we are today. We'll pick apart old favorites, current obsessions, and all the glorious trash in between. And in this episode, we're coming to you live from a hotel room and we're very sleepy, but we're going to talk about... Joe Bob's... Drive-In Jamboree, hosted by the Mahoning Drive-In Theater in beautiful Pennsylvania. Woo! And we went to the Mutant Fest. We attended the Mutant Fest leg of the Jamboree, which is an independent film festival uh, in which the films were sort of picked and curated by Joe Bob Briggs himself. Joe Bob Baby Boy. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... It was the first annual Mutant Fest mm-hmm. um, where Joe Bob really wants to push um, independent filmmakers forward. Um, he said things like he wants uh, to celebrate movies that were made outside of the system. Specifically the system outside of California and New York, which for a long time have sort of been the central uh, areas of um, you know film production, filming and stuff. Yeah, and uh, he he also said something that I like where he was like, he wants us to build little Hollywoods wherever you are. And yes. I thought that was really cool. And um, a lot of the films that we saw or that we made it through <laughs> yeah. during the January um, were very um, local films. Like where they were made really um, were a part of the story. Yeah. Um, it, it, the setting was a big part of it. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't think of that at the time, where where that sort of uh, local pride kind of came in. Yeah, there was a lot of them like that, but yeah. we'll get into that later. But I think first, I think we should talk a little bit about our experience that day. We only got to go to one day, um, so we had to like pack in a lot and really get our, our, our money's worth. Yeah, the entire event was from Thursday to Sunday. On Thursday is the day that we went. Way- no, we went Friday. Oh, we went Friday? Yeah, we went Friday. I'm tired. <laughs> we went Friday. What You know, there was different events. On Thursday, Joe Bob gave a... Uh, should we explain who Joe Bob Briggs is? Well, we've talked about Mr. Joe Bob on the podcast right. he's before. A horror, he's a film historian, mm-hmm. uh, advocate of horror movies and cinema in general. He's very learned. Yeah, he's very learned. So Thursday, he gave a three-hour lecture at the drive-in. Which I kind of, I think that would have been fun. That would have been cool. It was titled, How Rednecks Saved Hollywood. And it was sort of a, a lecture about the rednecks' place in film and media and that that kind of stuff. Friday he, was the uh, film festival, which is what we went to. And then Saturday was a, they were doing essentially a drive-in film uh, uh, a drive-in version of his show the last drive-in where he shows a film sometimes a double feature and he kind of comes in intermittently and comments on the movie has special guests that had to do with the filming of the movie mm-hmm. you can see that on shutter if you want to yeah and the reason why we've talked about him on the podcast was before because um it was one of the things that got Damien through COVID-19 and pandemic, which is still going on. So wear your masks. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to die. Nobody was wearing masks at the drive-in, by the way. Mm-hmm. Except for us. We had our masks on. <laughs> and we're both vaccinated, but we just feel safe. It's it's Vax. better to just wear the mask. Vaxed and waxed. Um, so, so we arrived. We got pretty good spot. We got I think. there about four hours before everything started and it had just rained like right when we were decided to leave our airbnb yeah. which is like 10 minutes away from uh the drive-in uh it started to downpour like crazy it was pissing down rain mm-hmm. we get there uh we the skies opened up and it was beautiful yeah we, we want, got pizza we got pizza we wanted to get uh you know good uh good seating at this drive-in so we get there at six, even though in the summertime it doesn't turn nighttime until like nine thirty at night. So, oh well, it was a good thing that we got there early because uh, Joe Bob and his uh, companion Darcy the Mail Girl were doing autograph sessions, and we were on the goddamn line for about two and a half hours. Yeah, it was pretty intense, I will say. I, yeah. Um, because first of all, there was lots of confusion on said line. Um, there was basically nobody who actually worked at the drive-in, kind of telling people like hey this is how things go this is how it works or there's no signage either 
Um, so everybody was just sort of like guessing and like passing along information to one another or misinformation to one another. But I kind of like guessed right as to what the deal was, you know? Yeah, you did. Uh, you did get it. There was nobody doing crowd control of any kind at the theater um, or at the drive-in rather. Uh, and it showed because everybody was like, everybody was on different lines. Two lines turned into one line, then it turned back into two lines. There was rumors; people were spreading little rumors about what the lines were for. Yeah. So basically, what it was is there was two lines. One line was to buy merch and or purchase your opportunity to you know receive a signature and a photo with Joel Bob. And it was moderately priced, but you could also buy an item directly from them. So if you wanted him to sign it, you could. However, if you brought your own items, like any collectibles or books that you might have had, like sitting at home, you obviously don't have to buy a new merch, but you still have to pay a fee, a very small fee to uh, meet him, you know, to get it signed. Um, so then once you go on the merch line and you pay your, what, five ten dollars to get your signature, then you have to get on the signature line, which is significantly longer because obviously, you know, he takes time with everybody and, you know, some people are more talking. Some people have, like, lots of items to get uh, signed and stuff. But um, we waited online. Then we, like, kind of tag team and then, like, I went and jumped on the Joe Bob line while Damien approached the merch line. There's a lot of shoeless white people. In yes. the muddy, in the in the muddy, dirty Pennsylvania field. So there's people shoeless, people maskless. It mm-hmm. was a, uh, it was uh it was definitely an experience. It was a time. Yeah, and so and finally, you know, people didn't. So Joe Bob was very gracious with his time doing signings. Yeah, he was. I was very appreciative of of you know I got a poster, I got a sign by them, I had a little conversation with them, told them how much you know the show mean to me when I was sick. Meant. Meant to me. What well, still means a lot to me. Yeah. When I was sick, and then Joe Bob immediately was like, "Oh, are you? Do you still have COVID?" And I was like, well, was uh, it? I, no. I think there was just like, because, you know, there's a lot going on. So I think that maybe he didn't catch like the first part of your, mm-hmm. of what you were talking about. But he said like, oh, did you lose any of sense of taste? Like he asked you, like he was like, oh, how did, how sick were you? Like, did yeah. you lose your sense of taste? Stuff like that. And then Darcy, the male girl in her like typical Darcy, the male girl fashion was like, I'm just super glad that I can like do that for you. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was wearing like a, like a ball gown. Like not a ball That's gown, but she was, her boobies were everywhere. Titties in the wind. Titties wild. Titties going wild. Yeah. Somebody um, commented on the picture I posted. She's like, uh, some. This person was like, uh, that lady. I don't know who she is, but she has her tits like really on you. I couldn't help it though. Oh, uh, but they're just they're J- just there, you know. Jackie, don't be jealous. I wasn't jealous. I know I have real boobies, and my real boobies are bigger than her boobies. Nice. Right. Give me high five. Like yeah, because you know she had to pay for those. I didn't mm-hmm. have to pay. I just have them. True. So. Who's so lucky? Joe Bob was very gracious with his fans. Talked to everybody. He's an older guy. He's probably like I would say late sixties, and he's spent hours getting up and down to take pictures with fans. Between getting up to take pictures with fans and signing, he was up and down the entire time. Not and to mention he the, was there the night before. The night before, the night we were there, they had to cut the line off once it got dark enough to start the movie. And there were still 68 people that had to get stuff signed by him. Yeah. That paid for signatures. Yeah. And he was gracious enough, from what I heard on different people on Instagram, he was there until 1 or 2 in the morning making sure that every person got their signature and their photo with him. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that it was a really good experience. Um, We've been to the Mahoning drive-in before for the trauma dance, which, yeah. was, which was done in 2020. It's kind of a similar experience. Yeah, similar. Um, but I like this one too because obviously, like you got to meet Joe Bob. Like the line situation that was kind of like intense. Mm-hmm. But I think that just kind of seeing him in person and seeing how like willing he is to like interact with the fans and even like the price for his signatures was moderate. Well, not even moderate. It was like super cheap. So it's like I think that he's really like all about his fans and like he's not like too. He's not, like, one of those guys that pretends to be, like, a redneck at a cowboy, like, on screen and then, like, goes home and is just, like, uh-huh. I'm too good for these people. Exactly. You know? I mean, if you go to Comic-Con sometimes, you can... The people charge, like, up to, like, 60 bucks to get... Yeah, and it's just 10 bucks to get something signed. So that's yeah. awesome. And, uh, we, you know, we took... I took a couple of pictures of, of Damien with them, and it was cute. Yeah. It was nice. I appreciate you toughing it out. I'm Being tough. online. 
for two and a half hours. I'm tough. Just what? remember this in the future. Okay. I will. So, Why are you threatening me like that? I'm not threatening you. I'm just saying, like, in the planned? future, when I hiding? have something I want to do. I've never given you a problem. That's true, but I'm just saying, if there ever comes a time. Okay. Like the Disney yeah. trip we got to go on. Yeah, I know. I'll be there. You'll be there, and you have to be. Um... But on to the movies. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're also kind of, Like, we're literally, like, in bed under the covers in the hotel, and. I just drank we too ate, much. We ate, ate chocolate. We ate food, and now we're just like we're 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 toughing this out, but we we can't be blamed. I for ate the a burrito results. that was the size of my forearm. You only ate half of the burrito, though. So you know, in porn, when the chick like puts her like forearm up to like the dude's dick, and she's like, "Oh my god, it's as big as my forearm." Mm-hmm. That's how I felt with this burrito. Yeah, it was pretty insane. But <laughs> on to the movies. <laughs> so there was a lot of movies, and we did not make it through all of them listen in fact we only made it through four of them because these were not short films at least the the first yeah two were not short and i was i was not feeling it it was too long for me yeah they once you get there they tell you that two are feature length leading up to it i was kind of led to believe that they were all going to be short films and to me a short film is a film that's like between 20 30 minutes yeah and so that was like really intense um, but, so yeah, we made it through the four films, and then Damon was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I was just gonna sleep. You were falling asleep too, don't, don't I try was, to put it I on was, me. But I was, like, literally like, yeah, we can stay here, we can, like, try to tough out a couple more, but I, I don't, I can't make any promises. Mm-hmm. But you decided after the fourth film that we wanted to drive away. But never fear, because I mean, the other movies wait, that we missed, at least some of we, them. Can we just tell the, the fans, though, like, I'm not, it's not that I can't hang. At that point, it was like, hang, it was like two in the morning. And I had to drive back. Okay, yeah, but it's, 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 you just can't hang on a normal. It's only 10 o'clock, and if I don't talk to you, if we don't keep this podcast going, you're going to fall asleep at any moment. So, Damien can't hang. He's, right. he's a baby. So, okay, so yeah, so there were 10 films in total. Two of them were feature length, so probably like maybe 90 minutes, a little longer. Um, We made it through four, but some of the f- films... Which were not all made like within the last year. Some of them were from 2019 as well. Mm-hmm. Some of them are available online. So I did the the work and we l- watched the ones that were available <laughs> online. <laughs> However, some of them were just trailers. And you know what? If you're not going to put your little short film up uh, online that was made in 2019 for us to share with the world and talk about and discuss. Yeah, what oh, is well. that? Like, oh, well, I'm sh- talking to you, which is of Bushwick. Yeah, you're and put, lobster tits. You're gonna put your shitty fucking video is not, like your shitty movie. And reptile house is not gonna be online. Are you fucking kidding? Who is? I, I, are you holding out to try to get like Netflix money for fucking lobster tits? I don't know, but yeah, unfortunately, we're just not gonna talk about them because we only have a trailer to go off of, and this is not that type of channel. It was totally our fault. Oh but yes, I still and blame then them. the the people that were involved in the mutant fest, they won an award called a hubby award. Oh yeah, we that- forgot to mention. That were awarded them that night. Unfortunately, because of the rain and the thunder, they couldn't use the stage the whole night. But two people got to like go up on stage and receive the award from Darcy and say a little spiel. Yeah. But everything else was done over the radio at the drive-in. Yeah. We didn't explain what the hubbies were. You could explain it now. So Joe Bob essentially gives an award out called the hubbies where the award is engraved onto a, was it a Ford hubcap? Some sort of of, of working man's hubcap. And uh, that's sort of his award for like best a horror exploitation movies so every film that was shown mm-hmm. he he uh he he declared it worthy of a hubby You're i welcome. appreciate it so i think should we come up with a rating system for the films that we're going to talk about like if we, we could be like oh this film gets the trashies? like the trashies or the trash bins or something we'll just call it the binnies no yeah <laughs> what which one <laughs> i don't know the binnies or the trash trashies because I want to say like, oh, this one gets three trashies. This one gets three, three. binnies. The binnies sounds funner. Okay, so you're gonna get the four. The most will be four. Oh my god, we've only been talking the, 15, 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> well, we have to have a lot of time for the movies. Okay, you know, let's get down to this. So yes, the highest will be four. Four, so four binnies. Isn't it usually five though? 
This is our five rating. Star. Fuck what the people do. This is the trash. I don't think that's podcast. a good. I don't think that's a good system. Four. Because if something is a two, I could have you could have three a and a half minis. Two All right, and so a now half you're gonna minis. try to get wise with it. All right. Okay. All right. Fine. You know what? Okay. I came up with the idea. So the first film is a film called Wait, Down. What? Damn! You're just talking over me. That's no. rude. I'm, okay, I'm sorry. Go Gosh, that's what happens when he gets tired. He just wants to talk over people and not let them finish their thoughts. I'm just thinking about the burrito I got, even though we just came back from dinner. Damn! Bur- come on. Anyway, so yes, the first movie was called Down Jersey, and it's um by Border Town Films. And it was written and directed by Joseph Greenberg. Do you want to describe it? Uh, So Down Jersey is a movie that's based in the Pine Barrens of uh, New New Jersey. Um, Notorious for uh, it's, you know, known as a mafia dumping ground. It was also known for being very, like, still, it's, it's kind of desolate and there's not much going on there. Actually, I didn't write descriptions for any of these. And then I, I, know what I, happened, I wrote, like, but... a brief description. I wrote, um, vampires stumble into a Jersey pub and find something unexpected. That's good. That's good. Okay, so yes. Um, so basically what happens is that, again, it's just like a pub and, like, there's a bunch of older men talking about, um... A bunch of locals. (coughs) They were talking about, like, local legends, basically, and, like, stories and, like, history of the area. Mm -hmm. And... This vampire walks in with a very battered English accent, and the moment he walked in, I was like, I just whispered to David, "Oh, he's a vampire." That English accent was horrendous. Yeah, and then um, he had a companion with him, a female who had, she just sounded American. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, you know, don't let me stop your, your, conversation. Keep telling me the story." And there was this younger kid who was like playing pool, sort of telling the story and the history of the Jersey Devil, which is a, a cryptid, right? Yeah, it's a cryptid uh, coming out of that area. So it, it basically, these old guys who are discussing history, they're kind of debating with this kid because this kid seems to know a lot about the history. the history of the Pine Barrens and like, you know, the original settlers that were there, the natives that are, the indigenous people that were originally there and, like, where certain businesses were, mm-hmm. like, you know, turn of the century, 1800s, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they're sort of in an argument as to, like, the, the accuracy of a lot of the kids' statements. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, these two individuals come in, end up being vampires. One has a horrendous English accent and a really shitty hairdo. Yeah, and so um, they encourage the young man to continue his story and tell the history of the Jersey Devil. And as this is happening, they slowly start to kill the other members, the other visitors, patrons, whatever, of the pub. And then finally, at the end, when they're sort of um, threatening the boy, it turns out that the boy is actually the Jersey Devil. Yeah, and they add kind of a... uh... I don't know if you want to say like a sci-fi element to it, but it, they add lore to it where it's, you know, the Jersey Devil is a shapeshifter, and it's essentially he comes out to feed every like fifty years or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so he's his intention is kind of then, that's the big reveal that he's the Jersey Devil. He ends up like whipping these vampires' asses, and he now plans to drag the vampire. The they he kills the girl. The existing vampire, his plan is to drag him back to his lair because knowing that vampires can sort of, like, regenerate and heal and stuff, he's like, well, now I can, like, feast forever and not have to worry about, like, having to come out every 50 years. Like, I'll have, like, a snack in between, like, yeah, me having to come out. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought this was a good start to the film festival, short mm-hmm. and sweet, um, which I was expecting for all the films, but... I was sadly mistaken. Yeah. Um, I thought that this movie was well written. Um, but I think that the only thing that bothered me about the film was the terrible acting for the vampires specifically, I both mean, of them. It was pretty distracting. And the sound editing was kind of all yeah. over the place. But everything else is pretty good. Um, I liked how the character who turns out to be the Jersey Devil, how he talks to the vampires and he's like, oh, you know, the trouble with like, vampires or like, you know, other creatures like you is that you're transient 
and you don't have a sense of like home and identity and space because they're just constantly moving around right and as the jersey devil he's just always existed in that space so he knows like the history and everything about it he has like a respect for it and i thought that was very interesting yeah i kind of talk about like how outsiders come into your area and sort of yeah Fuck it up. Yeah, I kind of appreciated how, like, uh, rooted in the history of that area that film was. Like, mm-hmm. clearly the filmmaker has, uh, you know, uh, ties to that area and has, does have, like, sort of local pride in where he comes from and the, uh, the mythology and stories having to do with that area, you know, mm-hmm. of the Pine Barrens. I, I, that's what I kind of like the most out of it. Like, I like... I like when films or literature or whatever have a, a real like sense of place. Mm-hmm. To me, that's super interesting because I think that it sort of fleshes the world out a little bit more and you know um, adds depth to it. So I really liked it for that reason. Yeah, I think overall, I think I I, I will just say it now because it doesn't really matter. I think Down Jersey was my favorite of the films that we saw at the drive-in. Mm-hmm. Three trashies. We're doing trashies or binnies? Binnies. Three binnies. I think it gets three binnies for me. Yeah. Three binnies. Three binnies all across the board. Three and a half binnies. Because the practical effects for the Jersey Devil creature were good. When he finally reveals that he is the Jersey Devil. Like, I remember this one scene that was kind of like his skin off his hand started to like sort of melt off almost yeah and he was beginning his transition and i thought the practical effects for that scene were very good like i audibly said to you i was like what's happening to his hand yeah <laughs> i was like i was like starting to freak out See, that's that's the one thing i kind of disagree really i think the, the special effects were a little bit underwhelming for when he was full like jersey double mode? yeah just because it reminded me of the dude from guar oh i, like I, I think I mean, on, like, obviously they want to kind of go with their own version of it. But in general, a lot of the sides of the Jersey Devil is that it's kind of like this, like, half goat, half dragon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know, I think he could have looked a little more demonic or, like, maybe like a like an animal, you know? I Not mean, necessarily like a human. the special effects that we saw for other movies, like, um, what was it? Oh, Lost Lord. Prevention. What a fucking I think fire. that we can safely say that this deserves Let's talk about Lost Prevention. You want to just jump to that one? Yeah, let's just... Because those are the two... F- uh, yeah. No, yeah. Tennessee Gothic. Yeah, was, I'm sorry. sorry. So you want to talk about Stocked because it was short and then talk about the two long ones? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about Stocked. Okay, Stocked, short and sweet. It's about scarecrows Wait, who It's by kill- Wesley Mellon. Oh, Wesley, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's about... Bear with it's us, guys. directed by Wesley Mellon. And it's about YouTubers chronicling haunted destinations. Yeah. Uh, they have a YouTube channel. They go around finding all these haunted places and do like um, kind of ghost hunter style uh, uh, investigative journalism. Mm-hmm. And and there's like a brother and a sister. Yeah. And then this like new girl somebody, who's sort of like a girlfriend or something. Yeah. She's kind of like a little internet hoe who's like with him just for the likes. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie for me gets one binny because guess oh okay so they're in a corn f- wow yeah you skipped over it myself. yeah I'm getting ahead of myself here uh they get so they they're in this cornfield they find a haunted field or whatever the hell it was mm-hmm. they start getting chased by a scarecrow yeah scarecrow slaughters all of them and hangs them up like if they're the scarecrows I that's get, how it ends that's how it spoiler ends alert. spoiler alert. I get two binnies for me because guess what? I saw Jeepers Creepers too, and <laughs> you can't make a fucking movie that's already. Also, listed. the other one, are you? Uh, what was it? The scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh yeah, and also scary stories to uh, to tell in the dark. Also had yeah. a scarecrow really. But you can't. Really, I feel like you can't really do scarecrows anymore. Jeepers Creepers did it already. Yeah, I I didn't like that movie either. Even though it was shorter, thank God, but. Um, I didn't like how dark the film was. Like, I literally wrote in my notes, wish I could see the monster's face better. Are like, you hiding? You meant up, like, like, uh, pat, like, tonally, like, not tonally, but... Lighting. Light, like, yeah. It was dark. The yeah. whole thing was dark. It was very dark. And I said, movie. I wish I could see the monster's face better. Are you hiding bad makeup work? Yeah, because there's a moment where you can tell there's supposed to be some kind of reveal. Yeah, and it was, it was lackluster. It was, yeah, because there's a lot going on. It's already dark. They're kind of like in the cornfield so everything's sort of already kind of you know like the corn is moving they're sort of moving the camera's moving 
And there's yeah. this reveal that kind of just fell flat because you couldn't see anything. Yeah. And even and like I think that the kills, even though like they were like obviously the overall the uh, film uh, was predictable. I thought some of the kills were kind of good, but again because of the lighting being as dark as it was, like because you know they're running outside in a cornfield or like hiding in like a barn. You know? Yeah. So it's like, you can't... If you can't see it, then what's the point? You know? I like, agree. the whole thing about movies is, like, showing and not telling. So it's like, show me the good stuff. Show me the kills. Show me the creepy monsters. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's, that's the point of horror movie if you're not gonna show yeah. all that. So... How many binnies do you give it? I give it one and a half binnies because I'm ready to uh, slap a one binny on another movie <laughs> coming up. So, <laughs> I want to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, that movie kind of... Or this short film sort of yeah. uh, was lackluster. Sorry, Stocked. Go, sorry. Sorry, Wesley. Go watch uh, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this actually before we filmed the podcast, but like the whole concept of like original thought. Like, you know, all the stories have been told, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything... It's just about what you like bring to the table, what what makes it unique, what what's your vision for this story. But everything's rooted in stuff that's already been talked about and done before. Right. And I feel like this particular movie, Stalked, is just a, a good example about, like, how somebody just took something and didn't do anything new with it. They thought they were being clever with, like, oh, what if they're YouTubers, whatever, but that was, like, whatever. That's, like, everybody's big adventure <laughs> is always, like... Also, it's, like, if it's a short film, you have to be a pretty talented writer to make me care about, like, the people in it, you know? Yeah. And they were trying really hard to be like, I, I, like, oh, I want to care about these like YouTubers and like the little like sibling quarrel and like they all made, this stuff. And yeah, I was like, I don't care about this. He tried to do a thing where like, oh no, she's just using you for likes. She really doesn't love you. Like you're just jealous, my sister. My sister. Fuck, fuck that. Fuck that. So, fuck that shit. I hate that. I hate when people just like horror movies now. They're just trying to their, their way of being current is like. Oh, we're gonna utilize like YouTube as like of like um we're, we're gonna use like a YouTube like like site or like a streaming service or something as as a uh, as a um as a device within the movie that shit could eat my ass. So because of that, it gets one binny from Damien and one and a half binny. I think I gave it two. But you know what? I redacted. I think he said one. I think I said two. Like, if I gave it two, you were trying to make me give it one. If I gave it two, I redacted and I gave it a one now because it makes me angry thinking about it. <laughs> Alrighty, so which one do you want to talk about? Let's next? talk about the next. Uh, let's talk about the first feature-length movie called Tennessee Gothic, and that was actually the big award winner. So it won the best picture hubby award get out of town do you want to do you want to describe it yeah tennessee gothic is a film by jeff wedding it tells the story of a girl who mysteriously shows up to a father-son run farm and she has a strange man looking for her this little lady's got a secret it's a secret that you kind of know what it is in the first like five minutes of the film yeah um it's kind of slutty so i have a thousand things about this film that i can't stand Mm -hmm. and it really made me question joe bob yeah there's some very questionable things here he's a man he's a man of a very a very uh uh he's got a wide variety of tastes apparently yeah which is like fun you could like a little bit of everything but this was all over the place okay so do you want me to just go? Do you want me to just go for it? Well, can I just say, I was not a fan of this movie, but I thought it was one of the more well-made movies. Okay, I can give you that. Now, what I have to say yeah. <laughs> is I hated the pacing of this film Yeah. so much. It was a slow... There was literally... the fi- There was scenes that could have been seconds long that were minutes long. Plot, plot points that were ridiculous... And then, like, it, the film... Okay, sorry. Let me, let, me, let me backtrack. Let me backtrack. The movie's fucking I feel, glacial. I feel like... It moves like at a glacial very, pace. My thoughts are, like, running miles an hour, you know, mm-hmm. about... Because I'm just, like, so passionately upset at this film. <laughs> Even more so than Lost Prevention, I say. It, it, it was weird, because it was, like... So, like, okay, so, everybody... It was a bad, good movie. Yeah. 
everybody who watches horror films uh-huh. or, any, or like thrillers or anything with any type of like moments of suspense you know you you have to as a director or as a writer sort of like what's the word when you want to like uh, subvert the expectations you know because mm-hmm. like if you watch a lot of horror like you know the trope like for instance this is a good example um, anybody peeking through any kind of hole, right? <laughs> so the char- the main character is approaching a keyhole or a hole in the wall or whatever. And as a viewer, you're expecting spooky shit, you know, she to be on the other side. So the eye is peering towards the hole. They're getting that eyeball and you're like, out. you're like looking around and they're either going to see something spooky and that thing has to be really spooky where they got to set the zone with some spooky music. But if you want the horror to be good, you got to subvert the expectation. Mm-hmm. And instead of there being something on the other side of the hole in the wall, let's have the spooky shit be behind the person when they like pull back from the wall. That's how you do clever horror, right? Right, but what are this you talking about? This fucking movie didn't do any of that. No, this movie's obvious from the get-go. Literally, she's within fucking, five mo- minutes she's into the movie, she's you're like, oh, this bitch is a succubus. Yeah, because she's fucking everybody. She has a guy looking for her because she fucked his brother to death. She fucked him to death. She's fucking literally everybody. Yeah. She's like the and biggest like whore on the sucking, planet. She's like pinning them against one another. She's like sucking like their health away from them. They start getting sick. The father is fucking her. Like The reverend. The, the, like there's farmers, right? So the father's fucking her. The His young son is fucking her. And everybody... And then the reverend is fucking her. I think the reverend was... That, that reverend character who takes it upon himself to sort of teach her the ways, quote unquote, of like Jesus. Which is basically just like, oh, let me fuck her. Right. He has like these weekly meetings with her to ensure that the work of Jesus is going through her or whatever. Yeah. I, I think... He was the best character. He was the ever. best, but also, like, I didn't need any of that. The, this movie could not also figure out what the tone was going to be. So, like, one minute, it's more serious. It's, it, it opens up with a pretty dark premise because uh, the movie opens up and, like, it's dark. They're in a sort of, like, forest, kind of maybe swamp kind of deal, right? Yeah. And this woman is tied up and being beaten by two men. And, you know, for some people, that can be very triggering. It's a dark opening you know Mm -hmm. and they're uh, assaulting her and raping her and then in the end she's able to like get away from them and you know kill her kill them and we we obviously assume that it's because she's protecting herself right from these like vile people right um then the movie like jumps into her like being found on the side of the road by these two farmers and then like there's this like almost like 90s kind of like romance like vibes yeah like them walking through a field for like eight minutes just like oh, look at we're talking we're getting to know each other Yo, and then like wild fucking the fucking pacing and then there was like then of course you, you mentioned that there was gonna be the guy who was like chasing after her because he fucked she fucked his brother to death he was inconsequential like his his role in that film was nothing we're waiting for him to find her and cause havoc and like whatever and he dies like within two seconds of seeing her right this entire movie he's chasing her and there's he's like on her trail. crazy like metal music plays every time he's on the scene. What a fucking what an audio cue. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, you know, uh basically all all the places she's gone to, he's sort of trailing her. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, there's gonna be some type of payoff. Yeah. And he gets be- out of the car or off his motorcycle to confront her and immediately gets shot dead. So yeah. it's like that was so, all for nothing. For nothing. Then there's this. Then parent. Then there's this. Like she comes up with this law that she's pregnant, and then the three men are chasing. Like they had to like oil her up with like butter or something, wait, so wait, that they could wait, chase on, after her. I think, are we, I think we're getting a little too crazy. No, with, we're like, not. She lies that she entire... got pregnant. She lies that she got pregnant. Then they're like, "Who's gonna marry her so they could take care of the baby?" Then they're like, oiling her. I up think like that a they don't want to take. Care, they don't give a fuck about taking care of the baby. I think they just see themselves as like the baby is something that will like the baby is something that will now sort of anchor her to them because it becomes clear that they kind of become addicted to her like they start fighting over her they they both like sort of fight over her time and attention so i think they think that like by her having this baby it's like oh cool i'm gonna be in her life forever now yeah so anyway they oil her up wow okay. like a little yeah, piggy ahead, sure. that's good i mean we need you're giving so movie. you're giving so much detail no i'm not but that was that scene was literally ten minutes long. For yeah, no that's like one reason. of the that's like one of the challenges they give is like, all right, well, we're gonna get her naked, oil her down, and whoever 
is able to grab her. Gets to marry gets her. Gets to marry her. But again, like you said, it's played for laughs in this, like, horror movie. It goes fucking forever, Damien. And then it's like, and then, like, the whole movie is, like, teasing you, like, oh, what is she? What is she? What could be happening? It's like, you know, within the first five fucking minutes that this bitch is a succubus. Oh. Or some kind of demon that feeds off sexual energy. Any fucking who. The movie ends with her killing the poor little farmer boy's uh, father. Then they run away together. And then the reverend's crazy, like, God-fearing wife, who apparently is an expert archer, hunts them down and shoots her. And then she becomes a succubus for, like, two fucking seconds. She grows, like, a cicada wing. Yeah, she goes, like, cicada wings or whatever. And that's the end of the fucking movie. That's it. That's it. So my and favorite, I was so mad. Yeah. So my favorite part of the movie is there's a guy that works at the um the develop like the photo development place. Oh yeah. And like when the kid comes in sick because he's getting his like health fucked away, he starts coughing all over the place, and this guy just goes, "God damn boy, get some antibodies in you." <laughs> I feel like he's the true star of this movie. That's the other thing that like never paid off is like they're fucking, they're fucking. He takes some slutty pictures of her. She's like, no, you can't see me. No, oh, I, I hate how I look in pictures. And then later on, we're supposed to, you know, he, he goes, gets the pictures developed. Yeah. And then as he's sort of confronting her, kind of real, uh, learning what she's becoming. Yeah. Looks at the pictures and he's, you get that like moment where he's horrified. He's horrified. And he's looking at her and he's going, oh, my God, it's you. And yeah, she's like, and no, that, it's not true. But then you never see the photo. Yeah, so and that's there's like no, another thing, There's too, no payoff. It's like, you spent, we spent this whole movie. This is a feature-length movie, so I'm going to guess it was like a 90-minute film. You spent this whole movie being introduced to her and sort of like, they almost want to make you like fall in love with like the fever dream of her. Like, she's pretty, she's young, she's vivacious, she's sweet. She's a manic All pixie these dream things. girl. Yeah, so it's like when... At the end, when you do the reveal that you could have done 20 minutes into the fucking movie, I want to see how fucking gnarly she is, you know? Mm-hmm. I want to see her ugly and fucked up. I want to be as horrified that I put my dick in her as this man is. And we didn't see that. All we saw her do was grow some wings and her eyes got a little tired or whatever. <laughs> and she started talking all crazy. That's it. Yeah, she started And also, Latin. there's another thing I don't like about this movie that is kind of, I hate this about a lot of movies, is that there's like narration. And I don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. So, I give this movie a one, even though I know that technically it deserves more, but I was just mad throughout the whole movie. Uh-huh. I give it a two. I think it was ambitious. It was probably... Apparently it was, like, based off of an American Gothic novel. Well, the name of the novel was American Gothic. Yeah, that's what I said. Based on American Gothic, it's a novel. But I didn't read that book, so I, give, I don't get the reference. I gave it a two because I thought it was kind of slow and boring. But I have to say, I think it was like a well-made film. It was very ambitious. Yeah, sometimes. Ooh, I don't agree with your Benny. It was only 90 minutes. I felt like that movie was fucking three and a half hours long. Because it, it was. Because the editing was all over the place. I felt like I was watching three different movies. Because, yeah. because again, like the tone was off. Everything took forever. Yeah. And then they just wanted to show as much titties as possible. Yeah, that's for you. They showed titties. And did she have a bush? I forget. I don't remember. She should have had a bush because I think at that time that was very popular. It was chicks like rocking giant bushes. But yeah, like you said. All right, I, the, I take you know it back. I'll give her two binnies. She kind of reminded me of. Um, the girl? Yeah, the girl. What's the chick from Rosemary's Baby? Um, Rosemary. What the fuck was her name? <laughs> Rosemary. <laughs> the, bitch, the, the chick that married Woody, Woody Allen. Oh, God. Um, oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Didn't we just watch that documentary? <laughs> Not Sissy Spacek. I'm gonna look it up right What's now. What's her goddamn name? Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow, yeah. Wow, okay. Ooh, we're, we're, we're doing it's, it. It's late. It's late. We're tired. I drank alcohol. Well, we have like fucking 30 more movies. No, we don't. We all have right, like maybe five more movies. All right, let's, let's, let's blo- talk about Lost Prevention. Let's blast past this. I got this. Yeah, that shit got zero for me. I can eat my ass. I'll tell you right off the gate. It was all right. So I remember when this movie came up, and we found out it was a feature length. I was like, "Oh goddamn!" And then when they showed the names of the writers, there was like four writers, and I turned to Damien and I was like, "Already, I can tell you right now, this movie's gonna suck because it has four writers, mm-hmm. which means you have four different people like aspiring to like a tone and a vision and characterization. Already, movies fucked. 
Too many cooks in the kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. However, the two most notable names on this was Brian Cunningham and Matt Nayoff. Nehoff? I don't know how to say, say your name. Oh, well. This movie was all over the place. The only highlight was Al Snow, the wrestler. That's it. Yo, my boy Al Snow. I was... When I saw in the 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 opening credits, Al Snow, he was so I was like, "What? Like, maybe no, this has to be a coincidence." Yeah. And the movie starts, and it's fucking Al Snow of yeah. WWF. And then he was excited, and My we boy. had hope. Al but, Snow is looking as buff as ever at age like sixty. And he's handsome, even with his little uh, his ponytail, his little glasses. Yeah. You know that they they completely gave him the glasses to be like, wait a minute, you have to be kind of relatable. Here's some wireframe glasses. Yeah, but I thought that worked. Like, he just, I don't know, I thought it worked. But anyway, can you give the people um, a brief synopsis of loss prevention? I don't have, because I don't have, let's just say I gave up halfway through the movie. I don't I have any synopsis written for any of these. All right, so I, I'll tell you what it's about. So why, it's about if you little, have the list, why are you playing I, I games? I wanted you to be involved. Okay. But loss prevention is about <laughs> this little emo lesbian woman okay, that, who that's applies not a, for a job and she gets denied the job. So then she goes back and be sad. That's and not a synopsis. You're literally... <laughs> She wants to be with sad. Dad. She wants to be sad and work at a bar. Well, with her dad, you just gonna sit there and be sad and work <laughs> at a bar because she can't get a better job. And then one of the patrons well, at the bar, oh, her estranged father, they're strange. Her, it's still her dad though. She works for him. Right. I'll snow. <laughs> James giving up on me. We're only four movies in, guys. Um, this is going on too long for a bonus. No, episode. it's not. We're covering. We're covering the the pot. The, it, we're, let's just do this. Let's just do this. What are we doing? We're doing. I'm talking about. So, anyways, so this, yeah. this little this emo looking like My Chemical Romance like girl. But she's 47. She's 47. She's like 47. She's, she's so old. With her fucking she's like dyed black Gerard Way hairdo. Yeah. And um, she's a bad flirt. So anyway, a patron comes in. He has some secret, top secret shit from a company. And now... Uh, this <laughs> Jackie, what are you talking about? He's a patron He's got the some top secret shit for this company. Like... <laughs> this movie was so bad. What? I literally did This movie was so bad. This movie was fucking awful. Can, we, can I finish the synopsis? Anyway, so Did you patron, write this? this pa- no, it's from memory. That's <laughs> from the noggin. Once I see something, I don't You're just giving the full story. Everything. This is the synopsis. This movie went on forever. Anyway, so can I just say this is what happened to the <laughs> You can tell stories for 500 hours. But you don't have me finish this story. <laughs> Go! Why are you waiting? This has gone on far too long. <laughs> For the love of God. The patron has some top secret, like, uh, world changing <laughs> items. Some, some like, data in a USB. Is it like a, like a drive? Like it's a in thumb a USB, drive? like a thumb drive. You didn't say that. Oh my God, Damien. Why are you trying to give superfluous information out? Anyway, Me, so. That- I, that's super. <laughs> that's superfluous. But the fact that oh, this Why movie's about this movie's about a little lesbian who works at a bar and chooses to she's be sad. The, she's the main That's, character. Oh my god! Okay, she's right. the main character. So anyway, so the, the patron of the bar has this. You said that like five. Can you we move on? Can we please move forward with our lives? So let's finish it. You no, you go. All right, so shut the fuck up. So anyway. <laughs> this other girl is at the bar as what the well. What was that? Oh, the AC kicked on. I had a moment. God damn. So, th- this other lady's at the bar and she's badly flirting with our lesbian uh, friend. Yeah. Miss, the- Mrs. Lady Broadway, we'll call her. And um, the, the the dialogue in this movie was fucking crazy. Yeah, they thought they were being clever and funny, but they weren't. Anyway, it so was almost she's like they also... got a fe- you know what it was? It was almost like they got a female. Damn, Jamie... I can't finish this in It's like they got a female Jamie Kennedy to be the main character. So long story short, these two companies are fighting. <laughs> yeah, okay. Long story short, are fighting over a thumb drive because it has information about this new product. The product turns out to be a fucking. Uh, a b- uh, bottle of toothpaste that you could squeeze everything out of and it doesn't waste. 
That was what they were fucking fighting over. People died. People got no, shot. No, no, no. But the it was, but, it was something similar to that. But I also believe it's it's toothpaste that would last like months or something. Anyway, this movie was fucking dumb. Yeah, this movie was, was the best part of it. I literally w- went to sleep and I didn't even go to sleep. I don't even know if I slept, you but I closed yourself. my eyes and I was just like trying to will the movie to end. And I woke up and there was still like twenty more minutes <laughs> he of the tried, movie. You tried to to warp reality <laughs> to time through meditation. Yeah. <laughs> this movie fucking sucked ass. I'm sorry, Death. Mr. Cunningham. <laughs> the worst parts of this fucking movie, not only were the, was the dialogue cringy as fuck, I think it also had editing problems. Uh, also, holy shit, it was amazing having entire, like, gun fucking firefights inside the bar. You brought this to my attention. And, like, none of the glasses are breaking, and it's literally just everybody kind of, like, over, like everybody with these fake guns kind of, like, pantomiming shooting the guns. Yeah. And then nothing breaking, but what they would do is, digitally, they would add, like, comic book, like, flashes, like, gun flashes. Yeah, it's pretty bad. It sucked ass. Um, they also used... That's the last movie we saw at the drive-in because we couldn't take it over. They also used digital squibs. Oh, yeah. So whenever somebody would get shot, they would digitally put the little explosions of, of blood... So it looked like you were playing a fucking video game. Yeah. Another thing that I dock major points from this goddamn movie from mm-hmm. is Tell what? Tell them. Is that they used the goddamn Wilhelm scream, which to me is like we're at a point now where you can't use that anymore. I feel it's it's. What is that? That's that scream. It's like ah. Oh okay. You ever heard that? Whoever's like in you the room the next scream? to us is gonna hate us. You so familiar much. with that? Nope, but I am now. Let's oh, move on can, to the next so movie. So, a Wilhelm scream is, I think, maybe as far back as, like, the f- 50s, I want to say. There was one particular scream that got caught on camera, like, in audio. And ever since then, it's sort of been an in-joke for audio engineers to include the scream in different scenes where, like, people are either, like, dying or whatever. Mm. It's been in, like, hundreds of movies. But it's gotten to the point where it's no longer clever. Now it's kind of just, like, it just takes you out of the experience. And that has been another Damien fact. I'll, I'll queue it up. I will. Um, but yeah, I this movie gets like a half a binny for me. Yeah, you know what? It tried too hard. They spent way too money, way too much money on like plane hangers for one scene. All the budget went towards actors, <clears throat> like just having numerous. Al Snow was probably like the big winner. I'll, you know what? He deserves the most. Honestly. He does. He does. His acting's fucking horrible, but he's the man. Yeah, and he he did some he did some stunts. He did some stunts. He did I was, some fights. I was fully waiting for him to hit hit a snowplow on somebody. <clears throat> I don't know if that would have been allowed. Just gets sued. sued by Vince McMahon. Yeah, probably. All right, so I gave it a half a baby. Yeah. I don't even give it a whole. I give baby. it zero. No, give it a half. That way, together half. it'll be a one baby. And that's where it originally started. That's good. I don't know if that's gonna pick up. <laughs> so that's that scream has literally been used hundreds of times throughout Hollywood. Are we done with the? This well, we have to go to the next movie. movie. I'm done. This particular movie. I'm done with loss prevention. Yeah, it gets zero. I'm at a me. loss. This movie was fucking retarded, and it shouldn't have been made. Uh, the director's a bad person. Everybody involved is a bad person. <laughs> Except for Al Snow. Except for Al Snow. My bo- get your my paper. boy. Get your paper, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love Al Snow. <clears throat> you know, back in the day, WWF had the European title. And he was the European champion. And every week he would come out dressed like somebody from a different European country. And one time he came out dressed like... They announced him being from Transylvania. And he came out dressed like fucking Dracula. <laughs> Big self. Yeah. Alright, what's the next one? Oh, we have so many. No, I, I'm not even going to do, do the ones you didn't watch, so we're just going to. do this. <laughs> Are we quitting? No, just go. Oh, okay. Zero binnies for me for that piece of okay. shit. Okay. Are we going to do Malacostasia? Stacia? Malacostasia? Mm-hmm. The one with the lobster baby. Did you not watch it? I thought I watched that. <laughs> okay, can I just say. I sent Damien a list of all the winning movies. I even found links to the trailers oh and the sm- short films. And then I was so impressed with him the other day because I, I told him, Damien, you know, we have to film, to record, not film, our podcast. You have to watch all the movies. And he looks at me with the confidence of, a, I don't know, like a well-hung man and said, 
<laughs> and said to me, oh, I already saw all of them. And I was super impressed because I hadn't even seen all of them. And now, as we go to this podcast, it turns out that he I has forgot. not seen I all of them. them. I forgot a lot of them. <laughs> well, luckily, I wrote some notes. I forgot a lot of them. So I did see that one, but I forgot. It's Malas Costia? Right? Yeah, I think so. Which means large crustacean. I looked that up. I want to know what it meant. I didn't even know that was a real word. Is it Malacostia or Malacostra? Let me look at the list. I think it's Malacostasia, no? Oh, it's Malas. It's Malacostraca. I'm sorry. I wrote it wrong. Mabi. But I remember the movie. Do you? Probably not. It's kind of a blur. <clears throat> anyway, so basically what this movie is about is a man... Well, do you want me to say like what it's about or like what it's really about? Why don't you? Well, I think for that you should do the synopsis. Okay, so a man welcomes a new baby into his life, but it turns out to be a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, that's my synopsis. Mm. So basically, this movie is actually about, in my opinion, about the fear of parenthood and the otherness of having like. A child, because mm-hmm. um, basically, like it starts off with him and his girlfriend, and they're on like a lake, I would say, and it, it, it's like a, out of a, it's almost like a scene out of Alien where his girlfriend's just like kind of sitting there, sort of having like an orgasm kind of thing going on, and then like yeah. out of her stomach juts out this like little lobster guy. You know, I did, I did see this one. Yeah, but you my just, mind only remembers. The fucking lobster exploding from her stomach. Yeah. So that happens right at the beginning. Yeah. And you can tell that this is, like, half, like, just all in his head because he's writing in his journal and drawing everything. And then later on, like, it it, it jumps, really. Like, because it's a short film, it it jumps to, like, her sitting down and being like, oh, I can feel the baby. I can feel it. Can you feel it? And he touches his stomach. He's like, I don't feel anything. You crazy. Like, whatever. And then, uh, then it immediately skips to her having the baby and it looks like this like weird mix between a human and a crustacean yeah it's got like his brain out and stuff yeah it's really strange and then it's like her just like doting on the baby and you know i made the baby mittens I was like oh this is she cute come feed her and this guy only sees like this ugly crustacean monster and he can't seem to form a bond with it or anything like that and then at the end he boils a pot of water and he throws the baby inside and as the wife as his wife comes out and she's like screaming horribly the baby or the you know what you thought was like a lobster baby it turns out that it's actually a real baby and it was all in his mind yeah and I, that's what I thought it was about, like, the fear of parenthood and, like, otherness of a child and not being able to form bombs with the child. Um, there's that saying that, like, women become mothers the moment they know that they're pregnant, but men don't become fathers until, like, the baby is born. Mm. And I kind of thought of that when I was watching this, too. Yeah. Because even, like, before the baby was born, she's asking him, oh, like, touch my stomach, can't you feel it kicking? He's just like, yeah, I don't feel nothing. Like, he had, like, no connection. So I guess that could also be taken, not literally, but almost, uh, like, psychologically, where it's like he literally feels nothing towards this child. Yeah. But what I didn't get about it, and, like, you barely remember it, so I don't think you'll shed any light, is that he, he, as he's, like, killing and drowning his baby in, like, boiling, a boiling pot of water, he said, like, oh, I, I... I ended the story or I chose the ending or something. I forget the words. Mm. But it was almost as though, like, him writing at the beginning and, like, drawing this, like, crustacean image in his, like, journal was all part of some weird story he was coming up with in his mind. I don't know. It was very confusing. But it was... I thought it was okay. It was interesting. It was almost like a, uh, like a, uh, uh, like a creep show vignette yeah i did like the special uh sorry that's not special effect the practical effect of the crustacean baby um because it was all puppetry yeah. so whenever the mom was holding the baby you know the actress probably had her hand you know controlling the movements of the of the small little lobster baby and that baby was fucking ugly like it wasn't like gnarly and gross but it was just like i like a like a beak kind yeah of it had like a beak it had a sort of round normal baby head but it was like blue and then it had like uh, yeah brain now and it had like claws extra claws like at one point 
she's like, oh, look, I made the baby mittens. And he's like, where's the other mittens? Because <laughs> all he sees is a lobster baby. Yeah. So he's like, why didn't you make mittens for her other, the other claws? <laughs> and she's like, oh, don't be silly. Because, you know, she, it's a normal baby. Oh, but he can't see that because he's going through whatever it is he's going through. So. This is written and directed by Charles Piper. Oh, thank you. I, I didn't have that. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was pretty good. I'd say, especially because it was short and to the point, and I think some of the editing was really good, I would say I'd give it like a two and a half binny. I'd give it like a, you know, like a three. I like that it had um, <clears throat> like some substance in terms of the fact of it was about something, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it was about either the fear that's of, my interpretation too Anybody, yeah fear yeah. of fatherhood or even like i mean you could even say the fear of or not fear but it's maybe like the disgust towards you know you having a child and like maybe the child being like either special needs or deformed or something like that and then as soon as that happens you kind of re, uh, recoil and you're like oh you sort of distance yourself from it and disown it I think yeah. they could also be read as that. Maybe. I do wonder what the uh, significance of it being a crustacean or, or a lobster is. I know that there is that movie about, like, you know, you have to find, like, your lobster. Is that a movie? That's a book. That's a book? I've or, never heard of that. I don't know. There was a movie with, um, I don't know. I don't know who's <laughs> in it. But basically, it's all like, oh, if you don't find, like, your person or your lobster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are we? I'm sorry. What are we at right now? We're, we have at least four more. Oh god. Two that you remember, and then two that you don't remember. So, mm-hmm. do you want to jump to Bach, uh, Feed Your Muse? You seem to like that one. A lot. I like that one. So go. Do you know who the director is? No. We're we're now in the in the movies that we saw on our own on YouTube, or Vimeo, or wherever we were able to find. We it. have to credit though, no. Yeah, but I don't remember who the director is. I just wrote the synopsis of what I re- remember watching. So, Feed Your Muse is a story about a writer, a struggling writer, who sort of is able to capture lightning in a bottle after a emotional struggle. And during the writing of his book... Uh, I'm not going to synopsis this. After, writing his, after, after beginning a book, which he's getting an advance for, and he's, you know, set upon by this... Uh, publishing company he i feel like your synopsis is way too involved you literally gave the entire plot of the movie (laughs) but you didn't let me finish okay you told me to do it yeah but that was a feature film this is a short film this is it a struggle so you had it and you just are purposely not reading it no a struggling writer visits uh the home of a deceased writer that he admires and finds a ugly little totem it's pretty fucking that he calls that the totem. original writer that was deceased called his muse. And once he takes the muse home, he starts to experience weird dreams and also huge inspiration for his book. This... Done. So why don't you just read what ha- it? But then what happens? What happens? Why don't you just read it then? No, talk about the scary stuff. Talk about the scary stuff. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Talk about the scary stuff. You didn't even find the name of the person who wrote it, did you? You were asking me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Jackie. This is not... Are you not happy? This is not what I thought this was going to be. We're almost done. We're almost done. What did you say? The scary stuff? Yeah, just talk about what happens with the totem. Alright, so he buys this little totem. Not, it's not even a little. It's, it's it's almost human size. Yeah. I would say it's roughly human size. Mm-hmm. And it's a featureless figure sort of in a kind of... Uh, like meditating pose or maybe almost like fetal position type pose Mm -hmm. and it was a writer that he found great inspiration from it was formerly his and i think wasn't there something where that writer wrote like one great book i literally just said that though i already said that in the synopsis why are you you reiterating i just told you to talk about the creepy stuff (laughs) oh my god damien you don't listen what'd you say got him I think we're gonna have to end this. No, shut up. I don't think you wanted this? To... You wanted this? Stop yelling. There's people next door. Okay. They're gonna think that you're an abusive ma'am. <laughs> an abusive ma'am. <laughs> so after acquiring this little totem, he starts having what we. He starts having night terrors. <laughs> what was the point of that? What the fuck was the point of that? Oh, I can't do this anymore. Stop. Don't you fucking hit the button. You hit that fucking button. I'm going to lose my goddamn mind. We've got this far. You're not going to stop me now. 
three more movies. So okay, and over it's over an several hour. nights. Listen, sh- listen, you edit there. I but this all this better be in there. I swear to God. So over several nights, he has these night terrors, and the way they play it is, you know, he has the night terror. You're like, oh, some shit's about to go down. There's a really weird audio cue where it's, it kind of goes into, um almost like blood in the ear type, you know, thing, like the, the that pulsating. But every night he's able to sort of like wake up from it. He's able to wiggle his toe and sort of wake up. The night terror is broken. As the t- as these uh as time goes on, he's working on his book and it's sort of everybody's anticipating the book being a real banger. His friend who's a writer, you know, is telling him, Wow, this shit is good. He has people from the uh publishing company up his ass saying, you know, this is going to be the next big thing, all this. At, while this is going on, his health is sort of deterior, deteriorating as well. He starts waking up with this weird wound in the middle of his chest. Do you remember that? Yes. They sort of like, it's getting worse and worse and worse. Until one night, he kind of... And it's sort of implied that it's this figure coming, coming uh, to life every night. Because while he's having his night terrors, he's sort of locked in place. You see sort of a humanoid figure kind of like, as it's about to climb onto the bed, it sort of cuts off and he wakes up from his night terrors. Mm-hmm. So the final scene is he's having this night terror and then you finally see the thing sort of climbing on his chest, this little like humanoid alien demonic creature. Mm-hmm. The last scene is it sort of it has this, what is that word? The pubuscus? Pubuscus? Yeah. Like the thing, you know, like how like a... Uh, flies have the thing that comes out in the mouth oh yeah one of those things like a sucker like a sucker that goes into his chest yeah to drink his blood and then that scene sort of ends abruptly you see him the next morning in his agent's office and she's like wow this is brilliant this is going to be the, the the next big thing like you really did it this is like the most amazing thing we've ever read and the last words he says are you know let's talk about a sequel so and this was directed by Brendan Beekman, Beachman, and writer is the Matt Sweeney. Yep, the Matt Sweeney. The, the Matt Sweeney. So, so I give those the implication, three binnies. So the implication is essentially the, the, the writer who initially owned that little totem wrote one book, couldn't deal with this fucking thing, creeping on him every night, and sort of retired and was like, you know what, I don't need to write anymore. I really he enjoyed... He died. I really enjoy the idea that this this movie is sort of about the sacrifices that people ma- make in order to make their art. And it's sort of uh, the idea of like leaving a piece of yourself on the page or on the canvas or whatever your art form is. Do it. You know, and the fact that Bleed on this it. guy is saying he it's worth it to him, like having this thing sort of bleed him dry and like drain him every single night is is worth it to him to create his art and to be successful and i think it it does sort of show like what some people are like willing to do and you know how far people are willing to go to be a a success in whatever their field is you got it you did it you made it i liked it i gave it three beanies i give it four beanies honestly that's that's the highest yeah yeah damn damn right it is how do you feel about the practical effects and the appearance of the 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 totem i liked it because it was just creepy it was it was just creepy enough that it could be just maybe an art piece like some kind of like really bad modern art piece yeah but it just has enough sort of menacing to it that it's like oh i can totally see this like kind of coming to life in the middle of the night and then once it was sort of fully formed once it was on top of him at the end of that uh at the end of the film yeah it was very unsettling because it's like this like black alien humanoid type thing i I thought this i thought the practical effects were really good and they they did what what they had to do which was essentially like you know they shot it at nighttime it was a nighttime scene it was dark they didn't have to show the entire monster so it looked good in, in the dark you know Three binnies for me and four binnies for you. Yep. Thank you for the movie Feed Your Muse. I appreciate you. Thank you. Next is another film. All right, so it's Box 616. Oh, I really like that one too. Box 616 is like a sci-fi movie. More than, I would say, a horror movie. Uh, Yeah, I agree. A a man inherits like a a vault uh, because his father has passed on and um the instruction for the vault is like that it has to be opened after a specific date mm-hmm. so obviously like his grandfather owned this vault his father owned it and now it's it's come to him and it is that date um so he gets a letter in the mail and he has to go to the bank and like claim the vault 
Um, and inside the vault, there's all these like old um, objects, I guess would mm-hmm. say, like yeah. a collection of different things. And he finds like a recorded, like a, what is it called? Those like old school. Like a phonogram or something? It's like a phonogram. And it's basically his grandfather talking about how they discovered like an alternate like universe or timeline. And this was probably, they had to have found it in what, the 40s? Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they sort of unlocked the secret to uh, uh, traveling between dimensions. Yeah, there we go. And um, he has to follow very specific instructions that are laid before him um, to bring back the other explorers that were trapped in the other dimension. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically the whole film is him going to the vault, discovering it, listening to his grandfather's story, and then following the um, the steps to bring back those explorers. And you kind of see like... You know, pictures of the group that went back into the other dimension and were the explorers, you want to say, mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then right at the end, like, he opens the portal, but what's on the other side? An alien thing. Ah! I thought it was a good movie. It's sort of, it kind of It reminded... almost looks like, I thought it looked more like a, like almost like a giant spider thingy. Yeah, it's kind of like a spider scorpion thing. Yeah. This kind of, I, I would be surprised if filmmakers didn't have that german show dark in mind because it kind of gave me that type of vibe oh yeah yeah i'd agree i thought it was well done again like it was to the point you know yeah i I appreciated how sort of quickly things moved yeah and i think it was also done possibly with maybe the potential of like oh can we expand on this in the future oh yeah because you know the the bulk of this short film it's just him, like, reading the letter, listening to the instructions, like, taking it all in, and finally, like, succeeding. And then you just get a short glimpse of, like, what is on the other side that he brought to this side. So you don't learn anything else about it. You don't, you just know that, like, oh, I let something in here that shouldn't be here. Right. Um, so I think that maybe it was made for, like, a like, as a potential... Like, oh, we could expand this. Yeah, like a treat. Is that, is that called, like, a, a treatment? treatment or something? Uh, I don't know if that's the exact term, but I think it, I think it was definitely made with like, the thought of like maybe we can do something more. Hell yeah! And I thought it was good, I, and it was the only film that was very sci-fi to me. Yeah, I liked it, and I appreciated sci-fi. Uh, so I would give Box Six Two Six also a three. I'll give it a three. It's a three-er to me. Yeah, I think that the special effects were pretty good. And they, uh, I think the acting, what little acting was there was good. Like Even, solid. like, the weird guy who's, like, giving him the vault. The the guy, yeah. The vault key. What, what the hell is this? Like, uh, an executor or whatever? Yeah, like, he, at the end, like, you he, you see him on the other side of the door, the vault door. <laughs> with the shotgun. With the shotgun, like, ready. He hears all the commotion. Yeah, I but thought see, that even, was kind of clever. Even that kind of, like, I think leaves it open ended because I almost Does got he know? I yeah I almost got the impression like he knew what was gonna happen once the guy sort of did everything and unlocked the box and opened up this portal. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of fun. It's actually the first movie that I saw. Like once I looked up all the the, the recipients of the Hubby right. Award, it was the first one I saw. So I liked it. Yeah, so we did it. We got that was the, our bonus episode. That was the Mutant Fest. That was Mutant Fest. Good experience. Hopefully they'll bring it back next year and we'll sit through all the movies. No, that probably won't happen. Yo, I love. But we'll try. We'll try, and uh, this has been our bonus episode, our, our sleepy time episode. For uh, real. Yeah. I'm gonna pass ho- out right after this. Yeah, we're. But we love you. We, love and we you. hope you Thank have a you. good night. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.